Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Monday, March 21st, and this is your daily financial news. Do me a favor. If you like the daily financial news, give me a thumbs up. I would greatly appreciate it. Apparently, thumbs up early in the video helps more and more people see it. Go ahead and leave comments. And of course, subscribe. If you like to get your daily financial news in little 10 to 12, 14 minute chunks, subscribe and you can count on them at 7.30 a.m. live. We've been doing this for more than a thousand days in a row. Thank you for being a part of this journey. It is a lot of fun. Uh, let's get started. So I'm gonna actually start at the bottom with the last thing that I looked at before I hit uh, go live. And that is the 10-year note. The 10-year note is uh, moving again this morning. Uh, I do believe uh, that uh, something I found over the weekend and shared with you, I believe on Sunday, that the odds of a 50 basis point cut, or I'm sorry, cut, whoo, where'd that come from? 50 basis point raise in May, which is the next Fed rate meeting is coming. I believe the talk track from the Fed is once again clearly telling Wall Street to expect it. That's what happened in the March raise. They clearly telegraphed 25 basis. I believe now uh, they are out clearly showing 50 basis point is coming. To that end, the 10-year and two-year are rising this morning. The 10-year was up, uh, what was it, 0.091, which is a lot for a morning. Uh, and the two-year was over, the two-year note was over two, uh, 2.016. Think about that. The 10-year note, I think it got down to like 1.1 two years ago. Now the two-year note is over 2%. So again, lots of stuff coming. I do believe uh, the, I believe the yield curve inverts sometime between today and the next Fed uh, funds uh, meeting, which I think is like May 13th or 16th or something like that. So sometime in the next Six to eight weeks, I believe the yield curve yield curve will invert, which uh, typically calls for a recession. So uh, very, very cool stuff. Next up, Evergrande, real estate market, real estate builder, second largest builder in China. Uh, their stock was halted uh, yesterday. Uh, and pretty much China's real estate market is crumbling just like I told you it would. Think about what they did and then think about what is going on here in the United States or perhaps in your market of Canada or Australia or South America. We now have a worldwide audience and I thank each and every one of you for watching. So the next thing is um, they basically couldn't raise debt. Uh, they uh, basically scared the consumers, right? The buyers of these apartments or condos or whatever they call them, flats. And they stopped buying, which, of course, hurts the cash flow statement. Everybody talks about net worth. Everybody talks about income. But the most important financial statement is the one you're not looking at. It is the cash flow statement. Evergrande right now is suffering. And not only Evergrande, it is all the builders in China. They are suffering from consumers not wanting to buy. They are scared. The consumer is retreating. What did I tell you last Wednesday with Matt, the mortgage guy, and has been validated three, four, five times since then? The buyers in the U.S., perhaps in Canada, perhaps in other markets, are finally crying uncle. I give up. I'm frustrated. I'm out. 
this is what I'm telling you. In order to be considered demand, you have to want it and have the capacity to pay. All of us want Lamborghinis. Most of us don't have the capacity to pay. Want is not enough. You must have capacity to pay. So as rates are going up, as gas is going up, as rent is going up, as all of this is landing on the doorstep of the middle class and the poor, which, oh, by the way, I told you was coming. They're out. They're, they're either being out because the lender says nope, or they're out because they are scared. And when people get scared, that is when demand stops. Stops. And I think that is what we are suddenly seeing here in the U.S. So we will see. Uh, again, the financial stress is because of cash flow. Cash flow is like blood or oxygen to a business. You can go a little while on debt, go a little while on cash balances, but if the cash flow stops, you die. You can't pay your debt. You can't pay your employers. You can't pay your suppliers. Bingo, bango, done. And I think Evergrande and a lot of builders in China will be done unless the, the unless they nationalize them. I'm going to be interested in looking at Carnival Cruise, who reports tomorrow. We saw, I believe it was last week, that the airlines got upgraded because they're seeing summer travel. It would be interesting to see if that summer travel goes back to the cruise lines. Uh, so it is, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we finally put in a bottom for cruise lines. After hours today, Nike. I'm very interested to see Nike's report, both for domestic retail consumption. Is the consumer still strong? Does the consumer still buy $100 plus shoes? I think it's going to be weak, but actually I am most interested in China, right? We got the first red flag six months ago from Starbucks. It was once again validated, um, validated for, uh, so Starbucks, then Nike, once again for Starbucks. So again, we will go and see what Nike has to say. Friday, I didn't talk about it. We have the pending home sales, pending home sales. We're coming out. Uh, our transactions dropping. We saw that uh, home sales, meaning closings, were down 7.2%. Uh, we will see if pending home sales uh, will be going down. We shall see. Uh, next up, Warren Buffett. Everybody likes to talk about Warren Buffett. Uh, he is basically doing three things. In fairness, he typically does these three things all the time, but let's talk about what he's doing today. Warren Buffett has been accumulating cash. He has record cash balances. Warren Buffett doesn't buy stocks. He buys companies. He is currently buying Occidental Petroleum, I believe it is, and I think he's still upping his stake. I think he's probably going to get to 10% or just shy of 10% here shortly. Uh, that's what he does. And then finally, he buys very selectively, but in big numbers, but very selectively. So I've gotten some questions about who will get hurt in the upcoming recession, I think we go stagflation for a bit, then recession. I think it's going to be years in the making. Anybody who has short-term bridge debt or hard money loans, if you're running Burr projects and you're, you know, you have a, a six or nine month window and you're looking to get out, I believe you're going to be greatly disappointed. I believe appraisers are going to get more conservative, which is hard to believe because they're already really conservative. I believe if your exit is a flip, 
in the high end or above the median. If you're 2x the median, be careful. If you have adjustable rate mortgages, adjustable rate commercial debt, adjustable rate HELOCs, whatever, be careful. Those are going to be going up. If you've gotten uh, kind of, uh, you think the market is so tight, you're starting to do skinnier and skinnier and skinnier deals, be very careful. Uh, people have been hurt that way a lot. The market doesn't have to go down to hurt skinny deals. It just has to go flat and skinny deals turn unprofitable. Because again, what will happen in skinny deals in a market, what most people don't realize, 18 days on market is not normal. 35, 40, 60 days, very common. If you have to spend two more months of carrying costs, that's going to hurt the bottom line. So be very careful. And then new owners, owner ox who put zero, three and a half percent down. Uh, if you have to move for whatever reason, death, divorce, job transfer, whatever, it uh, it's going to be tough, I think, for the next couple of years because you won't have that equity cushion. Uh, did some research about a well-known investor. Actually, call, should I call him an investor? No, let's call him a well, um, well-known well investing guru. How about that? Uh, here's his story. I bet you can guess it. If not, let's see if you can. He was a real estate agent in the 1980s. He, he acquired $4 million in property from 1982 to 19. 1986. The $4 million in real estate that was acquired was acquired on short-term debt uh, from a small institution, a small bank, a small local, local bank. At which point the SNL crisis kicked in, that local bank was purchased. Kind of sounds like Grant Cardone in his apartments. Kind of sounds like, right? But that wasn't in the 80s. Again, these loans were called this real estate investor who had plenty of equity couldn't get out of the way. And the loans were called in 86. He was bankrupt in 1988. And of course, this gentleman's name is Dave Ramsey. I bring this up again because I got a lot of questions about Burr, right? Because Dave Ramsey put out some uh, messages about Burr. You could just Google it. Uh, he says that the Burr project is all about. Borrowing short-term, assuming repairs, assuming rent, assuming this, assuming that, and equity can disappear. Equity can disappear in a flat market or a bad market. If you're relying on short-term debt and the market is like this, safe. Some of us get addicted to that time, and it does not end well. So again, be careful. Again, remember, in a flat market or what we are about to experience for the next year to three is a flat market, a slowdown. Be careful. Got a lot of questions about gas prices and the like because oil has come down. Why hasn't gas? We shall see. I want to remind you what we are about to experience with food, calories around the world. That is the real problem for what is going on in the Ukraine, at least from a worldwide perspective.
The spring planting season is right now for the bread basket of the world. And it is fair to assume that that planting season is not going to happen. Not to mention fertilizer. Fertilizer that is being used around the world for crops. Not being used as the expense has gone up. We really could have hundreds of millions of folks in bad shape. Uh, we need this. That is the. Yes, I understand a hundred dollars or one hundred and twenty bucks to fill up your gas tank is a problem. Uh, but what we are about to see in six months is the real problem. So a couple of quick things. First and foremost, I saw some comments that came in. I do my best to answer them, uh, but I get distracted. So when you send me a note like Richard or Ultimate Bargains, I try to read them. I can, but I have a page of notes. So if you feel like you send me questions and I don't respond, that is what Saturdays are for. I do a live stream on Saturday. You can send whatever you want. Assuming it's not full of cuss words, I will read it and answer it. On these daily financial news, I have a list of stuff to get through. And I try to get through them without being distracted. I apologize if you are frustrated. Second, don't know if you know this, but according to Wikipedia, it is Grant Cardone's birthday today. Uh, I was thinking about Grant Cardone the other day uh, just because uh, he's, I liked him and then he annoyed me. And now I start to like what he's talking about because, again, he's, he, he's hustler. He's disciplined. I certainly don't like the deals he's doing now, uh, but I do think he is helping people see what is possible. So, Grant. Happy birthday. And then lastly, I got questions about my second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. Kind of quick three takeaways for you. One, everybody starts at zero. Everybody starts at zero. Two, focus on one thing for years before you branch out. Too many of you are multiple streams of income and all of that stuff. All of these experts. All of these millionaires, they got really good at one part of real estate and then maybe branched out. And then three, you can have more than you ever imagined. It just takes time. So again, there are 15 unique stories in here from all different walks of life. Uh, this is why this, this was created for you. Uh, Gary Keller's millionaire book inspired me. And hopefully this inspires you. It is Monday. means we got Greg Dickerson. And then I have a surprise interview at 9 o'clock as well. Have a wonderful day. 116 people watching. You are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 44 thumbs up. That's a 40%, maybe 38%. That's not bad. So thank you very much. You guys have a wonderful day. I'll be back tomorrow at 730. Bye-bye.